You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is uh, Vicky Colovo. Um, questioning Gianluca Lazzi for Tech Talk Central. He's a professor and department chair for the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering at the University of Utah. Welcome. Thank you. So, to do the go and get away with the informalities, you are Italian, but you live in America. You're a researcher there and also a professor. Tell us a little bit about yourself to start well. the conversation. Studied in Italy um, for the uh, best part of my life, I would say, for the first very first uh, years of university career, and uh, moved to the United States, where I got my doctoral degree, and uh, and then started my professional career there. I've been a professor all my life, and did all my career in the United States, assistant, associate, full professor, and then moved to the University of Utah approximately five years ago. Okay. As department chair and a U-Star professor. Okay. So you're a keynote speaker here at the conference. You'll be putting, giving your keynote speak to, speech tomorrow morning. And your Sorry. topic, your domain is bioelectromagnetics for implantable devices. You've been telling a few interesting things. Um, you're, to put it simple, you're uh, behind the development of an artificial retina, the bionic eye. To restore partial vision to the blind. Can you tell us a few things about it? It's been on the news. And Give us the insights. That's right. And I've been working on several aspects of that device since uh, since the very early years that I started, uh, you know, in my doctoral studies as well, and uh, especially my uh, my faculty uh, career. Uh, approximately beginning in late 90s, you know, there was an effort... Uh, in uh, attempting to restore vision to blind individuals that are affected by retinal degeneration disease. Mm-hmm. So these are all diseases that where the photoreceptors essentially don't work anymore in a certain class of patients, usually age-related macular degeneration or retinitis pigmentosa. And the idea is that uh, since the photoreceptor cells, in layman term, they um, convert light into electrical pulses, the idea is that electrical engineering, uh, electrical engineers can do that by um, uh, replace the functionality of photoreceptors and therefore stimulating with electrical pulses uh, the retina in a way that photoreceptors can't anymore because they're non-functioning. Um, this project has gone through, uh, uh, of course, many years of, uh, of research and many years of development. And uh, we're at the stage uh, where uh, there's a company in the United States that is um, uh, is, is commercializing the, the current artificial retina, um, and uh, which is available in Europe and uh, either soon or is already available in the United States. Okay. So, so what, what do patients see in your experiments? Obviously, you've done... Uh uh, some experiments in your laboratory. What what will they be seeing in the end? See, every patient has a uh, response differently to this kind of implants, and uh, essentially is a pixelated version, if you will, um, of of an image. Uh, if you if you imagine how a scoreboard of a football field would look like mm-hmm. with pixels on and off, that's exactly what we're trying to do. So we um, have an image 
from outside that is taken with the camera and that the, the image is discretized and a discrete version a pixel a version of that image is is uh, imparted on the retina uh, mm -hmm. by an electrode array which is implanted in the eye and by doing so so the patient will see a discrete version with a certain number of pixels and this depends on the version of the artificial retina that the person is wearing it could be 60 electrodes it could be more so imagine just a matrix of electrodes so how often of pixel. Uh, so how often is the image updated can he move Will sure. he be able to move and do... Uh, That's right. This camera is uh, usually mounted on glasses. So the patients will simply uh, point uh, the head in the direction where he's trying to see. Um, and uh, the image that the camera will, will acquire will be the image that the patients will see, of course, in a discrete and crude resolution version. Uh, of course, the goal in, in over the next few years will be to make the resolution finer and finer. And uh, we have studies that shows that uh, one can achieve uh, tasks like facial resolution. You can recognize people with approximately a thousand electrodes. So if you would have a thousand electrodes, you'll be able to recognize people. But of course, here the important part is that uh, the plasticity of the brain is extremely important. So the brain learns how to use this device. So how uh, people evolve in their use of this device is also very individual, you know, and it's, it, the, the person learns how to make the best out of the device that is implanted. So you are collecting data also. If you've implanted this, you will be able to collect data Correct. and see what he sees and learn from it? Correct. And this mostly is the, is the side of the, of the company that has developed the device. You know, we have been on the research side yeah, on certain specific obviously. aspects. There is the, the company has been building the device and commercializing the device. It of course, goes through all the required, um, tests for the device as well as the surgeons that are, uh, yeah, working yeah. with the company that, uh, that have the know-how and, uh, of course, the protocols to be able to. Yeah, yes, yes. There's a lot of others involved. To medical standards, right? I've also read about another project you're doing, which has to do with implants, but it's the hippocampus implant. Can yes. you tell us at what stage you are and uh, applications? Where do you see that going? Sure. That's very early stage uh, research. Uh, of course, we're moving to the brain now, a central nervous system. And, um, and the idea with the hippocampus is, of course, the hippocampus is... Uh, is a very important organ and it plays a very important role in, uh, in, uh, in the memory. Um, so having, um, I think uh, it's, you lose, uh, I read somewhere he was injured and he lost his long-term memory, right? That, that, that's Just correct. Just explain that's correct. what the failure is. Exactly. The hippocampus essentially, uh, in layman terms, is, is the memory connection, mm -hmm. uh, for, for us, so uh, the idea is being able to interface with the brain-computer interface uh, with the hippocampus could translate in the future into uh, restoring things like memory, mm -hmm. for example, and uh, or having an impact on diseases like Alzheimer's disease or similar. Uh, clearly, we're in the early stages of this research. We're still understanding how. Um, and what are what the signal of the hippocampus correspond to when somebody's learning something, but uh, but it is possible to uh, record from the hippocampus and stimulate the hippocampus and have an effect directly associated with this recording and stimulation, which hopefully. And, it's it's impressive if it's done, but to focus on what you're doing in your exact science, uh, let's talk about flexible implants. Obviously. 
there's a lot of science in that, and you, you were talking to me about liquid implants. Can you That's right. give um, me information on that? And, and this is not uh, directly used at this point of time, uh, simply because uh, interfacing uh, liquid metal electronics in implants will require additional testing. So the current implants don't have this technology in it, but we foresee this being used in the future. Um, essentially, uh, is uh, the, it consists in developing materials that are very amenable to be stretched, flexible, uh, and therefore very suitable for implantation in the future, much more so than, than hard devices that we may still deal with uh, today. Uh, one of such materials, a liquid metal uh, that is composed of eutectic gallium indium, is a composition of gallium and indium, which are two mm -hmm. materials, which happens to be liquid at the room temperature, but has also very nice properties, a stress um, uh, that is similar to water, uh, surface tension similar to water, so it spreads like water. And uh, one can envision um, creating cables, wires, devices, antennas that are actually made uh, with this material uh, that is injected in certain microfluidic channels. Oh, okay, so it'll allow you to incorporate it into the brain and then it'll take the shape you want? Is that uh, my understanding correctly? It, it, it probably needs to go uh, first into um, an encasing material, mm -hmm. so some, a polymer, something okay. that is soft and, uh, and, and it can be stretched, like uh, not to use technical term, but there are material like PDMS that are biocompatible that can be okay. implanted. This material can be inserted and encapsulated inside biocompatible polymers and uh, and therefore retain all the properties, stretchability and, and everything else we talked about while being suitable also for implantation. Exactly. I was going to ask, how invasive is this? Is, this, is it dangerous for the patient? There's obviously, uh, it's conductible. It's sure. What are the dangers now that you have to get through or... Well, of course, any, any device that you develop, you need to go to protocol of testings and, and so on that are very rigid. Uh, so at this point of time, these technologies, this alternative stretchable technologies, uh, at least I've been working on, have not been going to testing yet. They will, uh, hopefully, in the, in the future. Um, but, of course, uh, all the things you're mentioning are exactly what uh, one will have to look for is uh, what is the toxicity of things and uh, biocompatibility levels, how many years they can last, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And this can be very lengthy tests, so it will take a while. Have you done any experiments on real people yet? or No, for liquid metals. No, no, no For implants, no. implants, obviously, yes. Of course, yes. implants, the artificial retina, as I mentioned before, is commercial yep. in, uh, in Europe, is, uh, is also in the United States. Um, there are, of course, a number of implantable devices that, uh, that are commercial, deep brain stimulators and so on. Uh, but, of course, those use technology that have been proven and that have been tested for many, many, many years. And uh, and for the safety of those devices is uh, is well documented. Mm -hmm. So we have a minute to go uh, for an interview, and I wanted to ask you what are the opportunities you see in, for the future? Where is all this? It's it's making leaps, and it's uh, sometimes it's scary for the you know for the people. Where do you see it all going? What? Give me a picture of the future. How do you think it's going to be? And you're, you're quite young to be around and see that. Where do you see it going? I think it's the best time to be um, 
an engineer and to work in this field of uh, implantable systems, I, I foresee this being one of the great challenges in the years ahead, you know, how to improve health, how to restore senses to people that lost mm. senses. Um, you know, we go through different stages uh, in technology in life, you know, and I think this is, will be the one of the dominating themes in the next uh, decade yeah. or two. I think we live in interesting times. Absolutely. We have a lot to see. So thank you, Professor. Thank um, you very much. Gianluca Lazzi was here. with us. Thank you. Thank you. This is Vicky Kolovu for Tech Talk Central. I was talking with Professor Gianluca Lazzi from the University of Utah. And back to you, Nick. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.